there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. So listen, mm-hmm. let me tell you about my MRI experience. I would, I would love to hear yours. So, you know, I had to get my shoulder MRI'd. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, do you want a closed MRI or do you want an open MRI? And I was like, they're like the open MRI costs more. And I was like, give me the fucking closed one then. Yeah. Cause we are not made of money. Right. Um, And then they were, like, very aggressive with asking me, like, what my weight was. Okay? And Uh I was like, do you want my driver's license weight or do you want, like, like my real weight? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because those vary for 60 to 70 pounds, depending on the day. (laughs) Um, So I, like, gave them my real weight because it's, like, a medical procedure and I'm a responsible adult. Right? Yes. And they're like, okay, you should be fine. Yeah, bitch, I know. I am fine. <laughs> like, but what does it <laughs> And I've had an MRI before, mm-hmm. but on my, like, my leg, right. right? I didn't realize, like, I'm not claustrophobic at all, mm-hmm. I thought. And then they, like put you in this tube that's completely dark mm-hmm. and let's just be clear my shoulders are wide plus they had to like put this thing around my shoulder right because that's where the mri is focused right right put this thing around my shoulder i am like laying as if i was in a coffin uh-huh. and then they push me into the tube uh-huh and it makes me even more. Nope. 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 Even more like crossed hands and I have nope. nowhere for my my hands to go. I have nowhere for my arms to go except in on itself. And immediately I'm like, I can't breathe. Right? I can't breathe. Oh and then God. I'm like, oh my God, am I having an anxiety attack? Is this what claustrophobia feels like? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, bitch, <laughs> calm down. stop it stop it yeah and i was like okay we're just gonna take deep breaths this is what my deep breaths sound sounded like (laughs) 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 that is what my deep breaths sounded like no in a in the mri thing did they tell you beforehand that um hey you're gonna be in here about 30 minutes so get comfortable they did not give me an expectation of time frame, but also this was another issue. Apparently, um, my bra clasps were uh, metal and not plastic, and I thought they were plastic. Um, we get fifteen minutes into this fucking escapade, and he goes, "Oh, um." I think your bra clasps are showing up on it. We're going to have to start over. Nope. Uh Uh-huh. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. So I have to get out of this fucking tube, take off my bra, take off all the shit that's around my shoulder, uh, like reset everything, take off my bra, Mm -mm. jump back onto the table of death. No. Let them put the shit back around my shoulder. No. And do the whole thing again. Yeah. And then they made me pay for it. (laughs) Before I even ever left the facility, they were like, so you owe today Uh your firstborn and your right ovary. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) Thanks for letting us do this for you. And then I was like, just for my knowledge, for like next time, how much more is the open MRI? Mm -hmm. 
And she goes, it's like $100 more. I was like, this motherfucker. You're like, this bitch. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, they, so on mine, they were, they asked me three times, do you, are you claustrophobic? And I was like, no, no. In my mind, I was like, why do they keep asking me if I'm claustrophobic? Because is they it, can just feel the anxious energy coming off of you. Is it because they read the list of meds that I was on? <laughs> they were like, we see that you have all of these mental health disorders. Is claustrophobia one of them? I was like, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Mind you, first of all, it was on my leg. Yeah. So I went in feet first. So I was like, <laughs> this is the thing that got me is they have me lay down. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to tape your feet together. And I was like, why the fuck do my feet have to be taped together? They tape my feet up together. Oh. Then they lay this, what looks like a um, uh, bodyboard. I don't know. What are those things like the paramedics use? Yeah. To yeah, put yeah. under you. Yeah. They put like a child size one on top of me. Oh, no. And then strapped it in. Uh-uh. And then, and then they were like, your hands are going to have to stay on your chest. Uh-huh. And do you want a blanket? And I was like, Ugh. I'm already sweating. Are you fucking kidding me? I was like, okay. I was not sweating. Because I all they said was, take everything off except your undies and put this robe on and these fun little shorts. And I was like, cool. So I was not because it was cold. That was when we got the big snow. Or oh. We were supposed to get the big snow. We had the big snowflakes. I was sweating bullets because anxiety just makes me sweat like a wildebeest. Yeah. No. 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 Um. But then they uh, they put little headset on me. Yeah, for you to listen to the worst fucking music that anyone could ever choose. Well, I chose one of the local radio stations, but it was terrible uh, headphones, and could still hear the whir 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 thing. Oh yeah. And had to tell myself multiple times because I literally – I could do this if I wanted to and see the top of the, the ceiling. Yeah. But the minute – and then they just kept slowly like – Inching I, towards. Inching into the tube. And they were like, okay, just get comfortable. You're going to be in here about 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. At that point, it was like – my breath sounded like this. <laughs> My deep breaths. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I have to, like, say with you. I was like, calm down, shy. Like, you yeah, literally. Yeah, it's not that serious. Like, it cannot be that serious. They gave me a they button. They give you the button, but they you don't want to be the person that gets into the tube. And then you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have a button. <laughs> literally. <laughs> You You're are like, not six feet under strong. right now. Stay strong. <laughs> but my fight or flight was like, get the fuck out of this tube. And I was like, no. That's why they ask you 63 times if you're claustrophobic. Yeah. Before it ended, my hands had gone numb. Yeah. And I was to the point of like, I really hope this is. And then she takes the headphones off and I was like, okay, I'm done. It's 2023. <gasps> it's 2023. You're telling me they have not come up with better technology than that right? for looking inside at bones and joints? Oh, they have, but no hospital wants to pay the amount of money it costs to get those new technologies. I mean, that's fine and everything, but I feel like you're already offloading the the cost onto us and everything else. Yeah. So just go ahead and invest. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, that was, it was not the funnest of fun, but I'm glad I had it done because now I know all the issues, but. Hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, you're like, fuck this. Yeah. Fuck this. It, it, at the, yeah, at the moment I was like, no, this is, <laughs> shy is claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. It <laughs> turns, turns out. out. Yeah. Turns out. So. Me too. Same. But I feel like every person is claustrophobic. There is not one human being that's been put into an MRI tube and was like, I really enjoyed that experience. Yes, thank you. Let's do that again next week. Maybe the people that sleep in coffins as their way of sleeping. I mean. That's I, not mine. I guess. Maybe. I mean. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Just saying, like, yeah, learning, learning all the new things about myself at 44 years of age is great. I'm, I don't want to learn anymore. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I am totally good. I'm just, you know, thought I was. Do you, okay, so I'm going to talk about really terrible shit today. Oh, do we need to put out a trigger warning? Yeah, there's trigger warnings like all over today's episode. All over it. Okay. Because it's about kids. Oh, buddy. Okay. Yeah, it's about kids. So, and I think we sort of, before I even address my main topic that's really terrible, I think we have to address another terrible elephant in the room here in Oklahoma. Oh, I was going to say, what's the elephant in our room, Shan? Oh, not in our room. (laughs) (laughs) Not in our room. But in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we did that episode about the state of children in Oklahoma. Yes. Which, uh, I mean, it's bad. It's bad here, right? Yes. Everything from education to uh, the DHS system, like everything, it's not great here. Right. In Oklahoma. Just the way we treat children and disregard them in general. What? I'm going to be very frank with you right now. Okay. Probably going to piss off some people. We are, and you've said this before, and George Carlin has said this very well back in the early 90s, that they care a lot about uh, a fetus, an embryo. Yeah. But the minute you're born. Nobody gives a shit. Fuck you. Yeah. You're on your own. That's from George Carlin's mouth. Yeah. Good luck. You are on your own. Good luck. We just, we had to save what we think is a um, human. Uh, So. Yeah. Okay. They care about you until you're out of the uterus. Until you're out of the womb. And then you're on your own. You're on your own, kid. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Figure it out. Yep. So, right around when our episode about the state of children in Oklahoma came out. Literally right around the same time. I think it was the same week. Uh, we were notified in Oklahoma that a little girl was missing. Yeah. Athena Brownfield. Yeah. Who at the time of the notification was listed at three years old. There was a very little information. Mm-hmm. And this little girl, um, by the end of the first day uh, that we were notified she was missing, they didn't. I don't think they ever issued an Amber Alert. They issued, like, it came out on the news for us, but I don't think an Amber Alert was ever issued. I don't, I think you're right. I don't remember. <clears throat> so, by the end of the first day, we we get this story that her sister, who I think is five, mm-hmm. give or take, was found roaming around, uh... In the town of Surreal, which is uh, in the southwest part of Oklahoma, down by Lawton. Um, her fi- Athena Brownfield's five-year-old sister is found kind of roaming around by herself. And she uh, approaches a mail carrier, a postal service worker, and essentially says, uh, can you help me? I'm hungry. And she's wandering around. It's January in Oklahoma. Um, it's not super cold, but it's it's too cold for a five-year-old to be wandering around by herself, right? Right. Um, she approaches this postal worker and says, I'm hungry. She's home alone. She doesn't know where her caretakers are. She's been home alone for at least a couple of days at this point. She's fucking christ yeah and through all of this the postal worker gets out of her that her sister is missing her sister athena is missing so immediately this postal worker is of course doing the right thing and reporting it to law enforcement and they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on why these little kids are 
by themselves where the caretakers are like whatever. Right. Okay. So immediately they're telling people in this, in the town of Cyril, go check your properties because people live on acreages. You know, it's kind of a sporadically populated town. It's, it's very small. Go check your properties and see if this little girl has wandered onto your property. You know, don't attempt to go rogue and go be checking everybody else's properties or whatever, but go check your own property. Right. And see if you can find this little girl. Um, we get more and more information and find out that the person that is supposed to be her caretaker, who's her kin in some way, this woman up and left and came to Oklahoma City to see her boyfriend or something like that. Um, and left the, the kids alone for a couple of days. Kids. Yeah. Plural. And that the other caretaker, this woman's husband, took his biological children and split to Arizona at some point in time before this whole debacle happened. Right? So we're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. You know? Because yeah. we're getting very small pieces of information. Meanwhile... Law enforcement, OSBI, um, volunteers are looking day and night for this little girl around the surreal area. And we're like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Like, everybody can sort of see as time goes on that this isn't going to end well. Correct. Regardless what the ending is, the, this is not going to end well. Right? Right. Because this woman just left the kids that she was in charge of alone. That's what we think, allegedly. So people are asking questions. Random relatives of these kids are coming out of the woodwork and being very vocal about the fact that this kid is missing and where could they be and yada, yada, yada. Um, even one of the biological grandparents comes out of the woodwork and is like, oh, this baby is missing. Like, I mean... Yeah, but, like, that's your kin. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Um, so then people are kind of starting to question, like, what was really going on in that house? Uh, mm -hmm. If a caretaker can leave young children alone for days on end and go party with a boyfriend in a, another city, right? Yeah. So we find out pretty quickly that, like, the biological parents of these children are not around, and that they had sort of given custody over to some sort of kin mm -hmm. of theirs um, to take care of these kids, not through the DHS system, not through the judicial system, just very unofficially kind of handed the kids over and split. Correct. And these people that are the caretakers have, have biological children of their own. Um, so after the first couple of days of authorities looking for Athena, they announce that they're no longer uh, attempting to find her. It's going to turn into a recovery right. mission. Yes. And everybody's like, okay, is this just because of the amount of time that's elapsed that they think, you know, she wouldn't have made it out in the elements or that was my initial thought yeah. when they said that was yeah because there was one night that was like 20 something yeah. and I was like oh she's yeah so um, at this same time like I'm following a lot of mm, on, like online social media uh, stories about it and stuff like that and a lot of people were saying uh, someone has told the authorities that this child is buried, is dead and buried on a property in another town. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Cause at this point they had not, they had held the female caretaker and they had her held on like a neglect charge or something like that. Right. Um, and they were working on finding the male caretaker that had split to Arizona with the other kids, right? Right. So that online chatter wound up being super true, right? Super accurate. Super accurate. Mm -hmm. um, 
and this little girl who was failed by every adult that she ever encountered. Every fucking adult. Every let's, adult. Let's be real clear about this, people. Every adult she ever encountered, every family member this child ever encountered was failed by those family members. Yeah. Failed. So this little girl, it comes out. This notification that she was missing came out around the 10th. Was it around the 10th of January, I think? Something like that. Give or take. The 10th of January. Um, And it comes out a few days after that they've arrested the male caretaker in Arizona. They're trying to extradite him back to Oklahoma. Um, And that the female caretaker has told them that on Christmas night... Christmas night, Mm -hmm. which was two weeks before she's reported missing. Yeah. On Christmas night, one of them, or both of them, I I don't know which, allegedly, allegedly, they have not been convicted yet, beat this child to death. Beat her to death. Beat her. Beat her. And then... Her body was taken to a property they used to live on in another town, mm-hmm. and she was buried. Yeah. Like trash. Yes. On Christmas. Yep. So, for, for why? Yeah, for why. But also, <laughs> this is my whole thing. This is my whole thing. These people, two human pieces of garbage. Mm hmm. After this allegedly occurred on Christmas Day, these two people were seen at multiple parties. Oh, yeah. Together. Yep. With their kids. Yep. Being a family. Yep. Acting completely normal. Right. Like nothing ever happened. Correct. (sighs) Acted completely normal like nothing ever happened. Correct. And there was no other family around sitting there going, where's Athena? Uh Where is this child? Right. So, this is my question. Was this child always hidden? Was she always left home alone? Were these two little kids that weren't their biological children, were they always left home alone and neglected and abused the whole time? That's what... Because it doesn't just happen that you just beat a child to death one night and go bury her. Correct. This is not, like, the first occurrence. Correct. It can't be. No. There's There's no no way. way. There's no way. No. And knowing one of them uh, did have a social media that was a public social media Mm -hmm. site, um, obsessively scrolling this site once it was told to me by one of our listeners, uh, another influencer on the Instagrams and the TikToks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, there's no way this is this person's Instagram. It was very much so. It was confirmed a couple of days later by the news media. Hearing they had allegedly had this child since 2020. Mm -hmm. So two years. Yeah. And not one, not one post on the social media account was of those children. Right. Not one. Their three children. Yes. Mm. Not one of these other two. So when you're saying were they hidden, in my mind, yes. I think so too. I think they were locked away somewhere and never never treated any sort of way. Like in the pictures that they've released with with the news media, they're very the Athena is very thin. She looks like she has bruises. Like I just don't think it's possible that this was a one-time event. No, it was not. And things escalated and got out of control and then they didn't know what to do. I don't buy that at all. No. I think there was a lot of abuse in that house and neglect. And she ran off to Oklahoma City after her husband split. Probably because he thought he was gonna get picked up for murder. Yep. 
and she ran off to Oklahoma City to be with a boyfriend, left the other kid alone. And I think if it wasn't for that sibling finding her way out of the house or finding her way to that mail carrier, that baby probably would have died in that home as well. Yeah. I truly believe that in no, my soul too. because I don't think she had an, any intent in coming back. No. I don't I don't think she would have come back, I, frankly. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I don't think she would have either. But So it's a miracle for that baby that she was able to find her way out and get in touch with a with a mail carrier. And I hope that she will get the help that she needs. Um oh, I just the families of these people, I'm just like Well and then and then here's another another thing that worries me. They are so the ju- judicial system is so adamant about keeping these children with family. This child should not be released to any family member. I just in can't. my opinion, I I do not. I don't think this child will be safe anywhere in either side of that those families. Um, I think that this child should be placed in a foster type of system, um, completely away from this family. I hope that happens. I it it just it made me so mad to see the grandparent be out there and like my my grandbaby is missing. Where the fuck were you? Yeah. This kid had been dead for 2 weeks. Yeah. Where the fuck were you? You obviously had not been in contact with your grandchildren at all and I'm going to shame the shit out of people that lose track of their grandkids like when, that. When I, I I think it's absolutely fucking atrocious. Yeah. Absolutely fucking atrocious. Yeah. And for you to come out and stand and cry about them being lost or missing or whatever. You obviously have not been in contact with your grandkids at fucking all. Right. You probably had no fucking clue where they were. Right. Well, it, and I one, one of the grandparents was on the news mm-hmm. on a phone interview saying, I didn't even know they were back in town. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. How? Trash. Absolute trash. Yeah. I mean. And it's to the point now. <clears throat> Especially after what my friend is going through, or my, my friend's foster child is going through, did go through. I am done. I I am so done trying to find empathy with these families. Yeah, no. Of, of these kids. Mm-mm. These kids needed an adult to protect them. They needed an adult to love them. And these children were not given any of that. They were failed by every adult. So failed. Every adult. I have no respect for people that think it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm done empathizing with the families of abused and neglected children. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah, that's fair. I'm done. That's super fair. You, as an adult, if you have a brain cell in your brain, should have at some point taken action and having that child removed. Yeah. I. But this is, so I'm, this is the thing. Okay. This is the thing. This is where I'm having, and this is where I have a problem too. Because I have a huge problem with the family. Like, I already, um, I'm the same place you are. I just got there a lot sooner because <laughs> I was already over it, like, right. years ago. Yes. But, you, um, yeah, you've been in that, all that. So at the same time, there's a lot of people out here offering thoughts and prayers. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, you know, if it makes you, like, feel better or whatever, that's fine. But you're out here offering thoughts and prayers. If you saw those kids playing in the street with dirty diapers and bruised up and stuff, you would not stop. No, there would be wouldn't. no intervention on your part. Sure as fuck. You well. would be like, oh, look at those trash kids. Yep. That's it. But when one of them is severely hurt, killed in a 
abuse neglect situation like this, you're like, oh, that precious angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. That precious angel was failed by every fucking person that ever laid eyes on those kids. Yeah, they were. Every person. Mm-hmm. And at some point in a small area, we grew up in a small town. Everybody is always in everybody else's business. Yep. Small. And let's get this clear, too. All small towns are the same. Yeah, they're all I don't, the same. I don't give a shit what you say. No, they're they all the are same. They are the same. Everybody's in everybody else's business until it's time to actually do something to help someone else. And right. then it's not your fucking problem. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm so out of it. That's where, uh, like, all of these people were on social media, like, oh, yeah, I'd see those kids every once in a while, and they, it looked like they were always bruised, or they were, like, always dirty. Fucking do something. Mm-hmm. If you suspect abuse, if you suspect neglect, fucking do something. Mm-hmm. Are you joking me? Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Because then you're just as culpable as everybody else in this situation. Yeah. So, that is what's been going on in Oklahoma. They buried this little girl last week. Mm-hmm. They gave her a funeral. They set up a GoFundMe page for her sibling. And I sincerely hope that that, that remaining child gets help. But also, the children that are now likely going to be orphaned by two uh, abusers mm-hmm. going into the penal system. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine what those kids saw. Oh, right. Um, what they may have also endured. Yeah. I don't know. But those kids are going to need help, too. Yep. Those kids have had a terrible time as well. Right. And we know, I, I'm sure they weren't spared They may have been. Some people are just horrific to other people's kids and not their own. But um, that's what's been going on in Oklahoma. It's absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. And we're all pissed about it, obviously. Yeah. We're all pissed. Um, I'm interested to see what, if it actually goes to trial. Or if he'll plead. Um, because currently they have only charged the male caretaker uh, with murder. Mm-hmm. They have charged the female caretaker, I think, with neglect, mm-hmm. potentially, um, based on leaving the sibling alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, she's the one providing details about what happened Christmas night right, to this child. Right. So... Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't just go away. Like, he pleads and it just goes away. You know what I mean? Um, because the thought that she could get out and have access to more kids is really fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, because she's still childbearing age and... Mm -hmm. And she has three biological children that could go back into her care. Yeah. So, that's fucking horrifying um so not to let the horror end or anything um but for my actual main topic today Mm -hmm. i'm going to talk about another horrific case oh god and it is a case about a child so triggers triggers everywhere the athena part didn't trigger you yeah already yeah um and i had mentioned this case previously, um, I just wanted to go a little bit more in depth into it. I'm not going to go super in depth because it is absolutely horrific and I can't. Um, it is the case of the abuse and murder of Olivia Scroggins. Oh, that's the one I thought you were going to do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, this goes back to August 2007. Uh, Olivia is a 23-month-old baby. She is brought into St. Anthony's Hospital, into the ER here in Oklahoma City. She is brought in by her mother, Wendy Scroggins, and the mother's live-in boyfriend, Carrie Jo Smith. At the time of her intake into the emergency department, 
doctors and nurses are noticing visible trauma. This kid hasn't even hit two. Her birth, her second birthday would have been in September 2007. Jesus. They also notice something else. Olivia's nine-month-old brother is also battered. Fuck. So the difference is the nine-month-old brother is still conscious. Olivia is not. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they start treatment on both children. They're working working on them. They're working to try to keep Olivia alive. Um, And they're working on the nine month old as well. And at some point during them attempting to give life-saving treatment to Olivia and them treating her brother, uh, the mother and the boyfriend just bounce. They just leave the hospital. The ER. They just bounced. Wow. They left a almost two year old there to die of her injuries and a nine-month-old to be treated. So, Olivia dies on August 20th, 2007. About three weeks before her second birthday. Jesus. So, obviously, people at the hospital call the cops. They're like, this is a bad situation. Mm-hmm. They call DHS, everything like that. Um. <clears throat> And police start interviewing family members, and then they go pick up Wendy Scroggins and Carrie Joe Smith to interview them. So it it comes out that just about every weekend, Olivia spends time with her paternal grandmother and her great grandmother who live out in Spencer, which is east of Oklahoma City, um, where they play and they spend the weekend together and live their best life with with grandma, you know. Mm-hmm. And they had done this for I mean basically 2 years. So at this time Olivia's biological father is in prison on drug charges. Um so it was just Olivia and her mom and baby brother. And Olivia loved spending time with her grandmother and her great-grandmother. And the grandmother and the great-grandmother had taught her um how to speak. They taught her her ABCs, her numbers. She was like a really joyful child, like a really happy child and loved everyone and everything like that. So according to the grandmother, a few weeks before her death, um, like in July, the grandmother starts kind of noticing like a change in behavior for Olivia. And then she starts noticing like, Little injuries here and there, like some bruises and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she confronts the mother about the injuries. And Wendy is like, I'm a good mother. Don't come at me like that. She's a toddler. And she like always has an excuse for what the injury is. Right. Mm, okay. So as the weeks progress, Olivia starts having an an issue when Wendy comes to pick her up to go home, like screaming, crying, throwing a fit, telling her, no, 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 she does not want to go home. The last time that she was picked up from her grandmother's house, Wendy basically had to drag this child to the car because she was falling out, having a fit, did not want to go home. And this was the 16th of August. Okay? Yeah. So, after she is picked up, the grandmother is like, there's something not right. She calls DHS and ha- and gets a referral from DHS to go investigate. So, here's what I'm going to... I'm going to read you what... Uh, what was given in the DHS report. Okay. Um, here we go. And this is from a commission report after the fact, because they had to do an investigation into this case. Right. So this was referral number one, August 16th, 2007. The department of human services refer received a referral regarding the family 
on August 16th, 2007, alleging the mother did not know the whereabouts of her children. So this is kind of confusing, so just stay with me. Reportedly, the mother had given her children to her sister. The reporter stated that Olivia had changed after her mother and Carrie Jo Smith started dating. Allegedly, one of Olivia's eyes was blackened and swollen. The reporter stated that the child's mother claimed that Olivia had jumped off of a bed and fell onto the bedpole. The reporter also stated that Olivia had a bite mark on her cheek. It was brown and red. The mother told the reporter that Olivia had been jumping on the bed and fell on a basket. The reporter also stated that the house where the family stayed was not good. Um, allegedly, the bathroom had looked like sewage had backed up and um, there was a ton of dirt in the bathtub. The reporter stated that it appeared the mother was using drugs and that she might be pregnant. The reporter also raised concerns regarding when the mother came to pick up Olivia, she had an unknown female with her, and Olivia started screaming and crying, stated that, stating that she did not want to go. The reporter stated that something is going on in that home, and it is not good. It is bad where her, when her mother does not know where her children are for f- over four days. So I don't know what that reference is um, for four days. Apparently, she may have given her kids over to her sister to stay with them for a few days and not, I, I, I don't know what that reference is. So yeah. anyway, um, so DHS took the referral seriously on October or on August 16th, they went to the home the first time in the afternoon, they weren't able to make contact with the family because of a dog in the yard. The second home visit was made later in the evening and the worker made contact with the mother her boyfriend's brother and the children. So it says that during this interaction with DHS, the DHS worker examined both of the children unclothed. So she took their diapers off. She like looked at their bodies and stuff like that. Um, DHS documented that Olivia reportedly had scars on both legs, an older scar on her upper arm, and what appeared to be a circular mark on the left side of her face in the cheek area. DHS also documented it was difficult to identify any pattern of the circular mark due to the child being dark in complexion. Jesus. The grandmother had no no problem identifying that it was a bite mark. Right. But this DHS worker could not identify identify what the pattern was so okay um the worker had the mother remove the siblings clothing and diaper so the worker could check for bruises and marks the worker documented that she did not observe any suspicious marks or bruises on sibling number one at the time the worker also documented that the mother stated olivia had gotten the black eye when her child hit her eye on a bed after losing her balance, uh, according to the mark on the ch- or according to the mother, the mark on the cheek was from the mother sucking the child's cheek when she kissed her. The bro- yeah, the brother of the mother's boyfriend who was in the yard during the interview stated that the mother and his brother do not hit the kids. So. The, as just a reminder, she died on August 20th. This is August 16th. Right. Okay? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the injuries that the kids had when okay. they got to the emergency department. Okay. Okay. Four days later. Four days Four- later. Four days later. Yeah. Um, so by all accounts, this grandmother, which she's the paternal grandmother, right? Um, already doesn't have a great relationship with the mom. Right. She is trying to keep it civil so that she can keep seeing her grandchild. Right. Right. Yes. And by all accounts, this grandmother followed up with DHS multiple times and was like, 
what's the fucking deal? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. What's the fucking deal? So, uh, I don't know if you could tell, but at the time of this report, um, DHS did not uh, pick up the kids. They did not do anything. They left them in the house. Okay. Right. Yeah. So when both of these kids get to the emergency room, uh, Olivia's unconscious, her eyes black, her face is very swollen, her head is swollen, her brain swollen, um, her body is bruised and battered. Uh, same with the nine-month-old, to a lesser degree, because he's conscious, right? Mm-hmm. What they immediately notice when they are examining the nine-month-old, they immediately start to suspect not just physical abuse, but sexual abuse. And this is why. The nine-month-old has a tear in the back of his throat. Oh. In the back of his throat. His anus is raw. And it also appears he may have a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, my God. Okay? Okay. In Olivia's case, she is torn vaginally and anally. When they investigate at the home, there are multiple diapers found that are full of blood. Oh, my God. And as well as the facial trauma, head trauma, body trauma that she has. So when all of this happens, it's like, how could anybody not know? Right? Um, they start interviewing Carrie Jo Smith and... Wendy Scroggins. Wendy Scroggins admits that Carrie Joe Smith was physically abusive to the kids almost from the start of him moving in in July. Jesus. Okay. Uh-huh. He lived with them for just right around a month. He is physically abusive to both of the kids very early. She said she could not call the police to report him because she didn't want her kids taken away. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, she is charged with permitting abuse. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Jo Smith, during his interviews, he admits abusing the children um, he admits that it escalated to sexual abuse just before Olivia died. Just before. Jesus. And I was like, mm. Um, and he claimed that he had a mental disorder that would make him just black out and he had no control or regard for who he hurt or how. Mm-hmm. Which is super convenient, right? Yep. Um, so the grandmother is very vocal about the fact that she turned this into DHS and DHS dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also very vocal about the fact that she believes that Carrie Joe Smith n- needs to fry. He deserves the death penalty and for what he did. Yep. I don't disagree. Um, frankly, it's not my choice, but I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, Wendy, Scro- Wendy Scroggins winds up charged with permitting child abuse and she's sentenced to 75 years in prison. Yes. And I'm like, totally. That was a call yes yeah um carrie joe smith is charged with first degree murder he's also charged with multiple charges of abuse sexual abuse um against children and was set to go to trial that could end in the death penalty 
they wanted the death penalty as a as an option. So you'll remember this is August 2007. Yes. They stretched this out for almost two years. He awaited trial for almost two years. And finally, in July 2009, he finally agreed to a plea, a plea agreement with the district attorney's office that would remove the death penalty as an option. And he would plead guilty and serve life without parole. One of the judges that was assigned to the case was like, absolutely not. He needs to stand trial. He needs to stand trial and it needs to be a fucking death penalty trial. Yeah. And this judge was like, you can get fucked. Right. Another judge, this particular judge, I don't know if he um, transferred the case to another court or what, but another judge made the decision that he could go ahead and accept the plea deal and serve life without parole. How does that work? Like, I don't so- know. It wasn't super clear. I have a feeling the way the media was reporting it is like this judge was like, absolutely not. I will not accept a fucking plea agreement because it's not up to the district attorney's office. The district attorney's office can try to work a deal. But at the end of the day, the judge can can say, get fucked. And right. we're going to go to trial for this. Right. So and that's where if that's the case, then how did it get moved to another judge who then let him have this plea deal? I have a feeling that the judge that was like, get fucked probably recognized that he was a little too biased, personally biased yeah. in the case and probably said, you know what, this would probably be better handled by another district judge because maybe I need to take a step back oh, okay. on this. But, um, still. but two <laughs> years, I mean, two years that they because it's not just like you get charged and then you wait your trial, right? There's there are other proceedings that happen in that two-year span. Right. And I'm sure this judge had probably sat through all of those proceedings and listened to all of the shit that goes with it. Yeah. And was probably like, no, motherfucker, you need to fry. You know? And then someone that had a cooler head was probably like, judge, maybe maybe you need to step back Mm -hmm. from this and whatever. Um, like I said before, the grandmother was very adamant that he stand trial, uh, for the death penalty. Right. I think someone probably, someone probably spoke to her and said, we agree. We want him to, he deserves what he gets, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But if you have the option for him to live the rest of his life in prison and you don't leave it up to a jury that could go rogue and dismiss charges against him. You know, I think Mm -hmm. someone probably told her that like, if we take this to trial and it is a death penalty trial, there are a lot of people that are not pro death penalty. A lot of people out there that are not pro pro death penalty and it only takes one person in a jury trial to harangue this whole thing. That's, right? Yeah. Yes. So eventually she came out and said she was satisfied with the the outcome. But this woman has continued to be an advocate for abused and neglected children. She has continued to be an advocate for reporting to DHS and a DHS overhaul. And... After this case happened, DHS did have to have, like, a commission review, which I think they have to have a commission review on every case that um, ends in a death, mm-hmm. in a child death. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one really impacted the way they do things. Yeah. So that is the story of Olivia Scroggins. I had kind of mentioned um, before I took classes from a – from a crime scene investigator that was like a 30 year police veteran who just bawled talking about this. This is probably the case that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. That just gave me goosebumps. Like, yeah. Oh, Shan. People that see the worst shit, people that see the absolute most horrific things 
and they will tell you it's the it's the kids. Oh, one hundred percent. Will stay with them forever. And this particular one was his like haunting, haunting one. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, that's so, horrible. Um, I do know there are articles out there trying to make a case for battered women and battered women that go back to these abusive men who end up having their children abused and killed mm-hmm. by these abusive men. Um, and that not only are we failing the children, we're failing the women too. I think what really needs all aspects of this whole situation, because this, this particular case was in this article that mm-hmm. I read. It was very much that Wendy was a battered woman. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. But also, too, was she also on drugs? Was Potentially, also- yeah. Okay. I think, which, this is how people sway their audience, right? Mm-hmm. Is they are, they're sometimes not giving a full picture. Oh, f- 100%. Of stories. Yeah. Let's be honest. Both sides, people. It's not just one side is worse than the other. People are trying to get you to take their side. What needs to happen, what I really wish would happen, is people would be, okay, here's the full case. This woman was abused. That's horrible. Horrible, horrible. At what point are we going to, as society, say... We know how badly you're being abused. Your children who have no way of defending themselves either. Mm -hmm. It is your responsibility to make sure they're safe. That's not always going to be with you. Yeah. Instead of forced birth, forcing families to take care of a child they don't want. Yeah. We need to, as a society, be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You'll have access to these children in some manner as long as A, B, C, and D, you can take care of these things. Yeah. But to to say one side, to say that it's always going to be that these women are forced back into this relationship, that these women are forced to take their kids back into this relationship. I know they feel that way. I I couldn't, I don't doubt that they feel that way, but as society, we have never made them feel that they have any other option ever. No. And I, I do legitimately believe that there are so many women that feel they, they don't have anywhere to turn. They don't have any other option. They are afraid to seek drug and alcohol treatment for fear of losing their kids. Right. They are afraid to seek help for domestic violence for fear of losing their kids. Right. They are uh, afraid to turn in their partner for uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse because of fear of losing their kids. Right. Which is a valid fear. Yes. And it's hard to see sometimes where the line is between a person a person that is permitting abuse mm-hmm. and a person that is abused themselves right um i and it's not our call to make because at the end of the day we can't we don't see the case files we don't interview these people um in this situation i have to think that Olivia would have been very accepted by her grandmother. Oh, 100%. if that would have been an option for care. Correct. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, if Wendy would have left her with her grandmother and said she's, you know, she needs help over there, would she have been murdered by Carrie Jo Smith herself? I don't know. Or was she? On drugs and out of her mind. I don't know. Right. I really, really don't. The only thing she was ever charged with was permitting abuse, and she is still serving her time. Oh yeah, she's serving uh, quite a quite a large. Um, 
And there were multiple mothers in Oklahoma during the same time frame that were charged similarly with permitting abuse Mm -hmm. and serving those long sentences for permitting abuse. I like to think that I would be a good enough mom to get out of it and protect my kids at all costs, but I've never been in that situation and I don't know. Right. No, I don't know how I would respond to any of this. Right. So, yeah, no, I mean, same, same with me. I don't, I have no idea, but I think we need to, I just think we need to allow the conversation uh, to women that, you know, it starts at conception, like there's choices. You have choices here. Not in Oklahoma. Well, no, not anymore. (laughs) No, you don't have choices here. Before this past year, there were. Um, But now we're being, we're forcing these um, children to come into these situations. They have, it's just going to be one right after another. It's just going to. Oh, yeah. It's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And that's why we keep talking about the state of children in Oklahoma. It is not going to get better anytime soon. No. We are forcing people to pay for and try to manage children that they may not want in the first place. Correct. And while we keep doing that and keep stigmatizing women who either ask for help or try to terminate their rights or whatever, the longer we keep doing that, the more situations we're going to have that are the same situation. And if all you can offer is thoughts and prayers, then that's not really helping the situation. No. Not at all. At all. No. So. So I really like those those people that are offering your thoughts and prayers to offer, also offer your extra two bedrooms that you probably have in your homes. Yeah. That aren't being used. Yeah. And. Take in some kids. You know. Take them in. Take in some neglected and abused children and try to help them along their path. Maybe. But. I'm just putting I, that out there. I mean. Just putting that out there. Maybe. So. I don't know. Maybe you just like throwing money at things. Throw money at the foster system. Throw money at, I don't know. At shelters. At shelters. Yeah. Maybe we, you know, maybe you with your extra money open up an orphanage. Uh, Shit, I don't know. Are those things even legal anymore? No, 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 no. Jesus. It's going to be to the point where it's going to be that again. Yeah, you're going to have, they're going to have to have something. They're going to have to have some type of state home for kids because- we're going to run out of people that want to foster. Yeah. And we're going to have a real conversation right now. There are people that know they can't foster, that know they are not that that type of person. My husband and I are one. We want to help in other ways, but we know and we are honest with ourselves. We've had this discussion before that we wouldn't be good foster parents. We're good parents. I think we'd be okay with it. I think we'd be better than in our heads we think we would be. It's but hard. It's hard. It's These hard kids life. are coming from hard situations mm-hmm. that we don't know how to yeah. deal with. And you're not and ready to deal with it. We're not. And there are people out there, people that uh, they're. I just admire the shit out of them when they can take someone in that's not of blood that didn't come from their, you know, their loins. Yeah. And take them in and love them as if they did. Um, I'm just, I wasn't, I wasn't made that way. I wasn't, I don't think I was ever, I don't know. It's just, we've had that. Be honest with yourself. These foster kids that are being abused in foster homes. Hey, foster parents, be, be honest with yourself. Really? Yeah. Because some of these people are just doing it for the money, and these poor kids are still being They're neglected. They're still suffering. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Because the system is broken. Because That's it's why. so fucking broken, and now the whole – and anyways, just, just open those conversations. For the love of God, people. Like, why? Yeah. We – bleh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So this is your weekly dose of just sadness. 
sadness all it around. It really is. But I'm sorry. That whole Athena – and I'm glad you decided to do this this episode because that – this whole – what has it been past two weeks of this bullshit? Yeah. I have been obsessed with it. And I don't get obsessed with things like that very often. We have our true crime stuff. I listen to it. But for whatever reason, this one got me. And I was like, this is it's fucked. because no one knew that those kids were out there. No one. No one knew that those kids were out with her. I think the minute the grandmother said, we didn't even know they were back in town. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Our, you're... F- mm. Yeah, and then I and then and then I fe- was given the social media page, and then just spiraled, and it. I was like, this, "Yeah, nobody knew those kids were out there." This is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. That yeah. these kids didn't. They had no chance. Yeah, Athena had no chance ever. Yeah, no chance. I'm glad you did because I'm just. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I just can't. I know. I know. And just knowing where uh my friend from work that's, you know, and her little foster child who was very close situation to this or um, actually it was worse. I'm not saying it was bad. Their situation was bad. And to think it could have ended up like Athena. Mm-hmm. And my friend never knowing this child. But also, how many kids out there do we not know about? Oh, I know. That's the question. It's terrifying. Yeah. these They don't have chance. They no. don't. No. What the fuck? Yeah. How can anybody think that's okay? I, okay, sorry. It just, I'll, I'll stop now. I know. <laughs> just, I know. Like, we're just mad. We're so mad. And I wish more people would be mad about it. I think people are mad and I don't think they know where to put their anger, just like we don't know where to put our anger because us being mad about it d- literally fixes zero things. Oh, that's true. Literally fixes zero things. It just makes us be mad about it. And we're, we don't know how to um, elevate our anger into actually making a result. Right. So that's the issue because we're, we can be mad. We'll still be mad about it. Yeah. But being mad is, it's okay. It's not going to fix anything for us. It's true. So, yeah, we don't have a ton of money to throw at things and like help fix them. No. So, but if we did, yeah, that would be one thing, you know? Yeah. So that's that. Fuck. Yeah. Well, thanks, Shan. Thanks, Shy. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod. pod.